game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So here's the message to the Edmonton Oilers tonight. When the NHL schedule says a game starts at a certain time, for example, tonight a little bit after 8, that's when it's going to start. Your opponent will be ready to play at that time. It's advisable that you also are. Also, there are three periods in a hockey game. The first, the second, and the third. The goals count equally in all of them. It's fun to get a lot of goals in the second and third period, but the goals you're giving up in the first period, those count for your opponent. And for two games in a row, the only two they played this season, the Edmonton Oilers have started very poorly. They recovered the other night to beat the Vancouver Canucks. They cannot fully recover this evening and they lose 4-3 to the Calgary Flames as the Flames scored four times in the first 10 minutes and 18 seconds of this hockey game to grab that 4-1 lead. So, Battle of Alberta, first chapter this season goes to the Flames. They're 2-0. The Oilers are now 1-1. We're live in Studio 99 Saturday night. Thanks for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford. Overtime, open line. Well, again, Rob... And this was a, a, an ugly problem last year for a long stretch, though so it kind of went away after a while and wasn't as big a problem, but just really bad out of the gate. I mean, two opponents, the divisional opponents, good opponents have come in here and been ready to go from opening puck drop, who have been engaged in battles, who have played with quickness. And as I said after the first period, the Oilers looked slow, they looked sloppy. And they looked sleepy for most of the first period, and, and they couldn't climb out of the hole all the way tonight. Well, one of the things that the Oilers are going to have to uh, get used to is being a favorite. And whenever you're the team that uh, people have high expectations for, there's been talk about them being a Stanley Cup contender, winning the division, winning the conference. Uh, teams are ready for you. Teams aren't going to come in here and have slow starts against the Edmonton Oilers because they know if they fall behind the Oilers, the Oilers have the ability to run the score up. If they have to start chasing, if Calgary comes in and Edmonton scores the first two, all of a sudden Calgary's chasing and that all of a sudden that now it's a 7-1 game. So teams are, are going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. They come on time. The Canucks did it. The Flames did it. Uh, we talked the other day when the Canucks got the, the lead and then fell to the Oilers and the Oilers eventually had their big comeback. We said, okay, this is, the Oilers can do this against the Vancouver's, the Seattle's, the Arizona's teams that are not playoff teams. But they're going to struggle winning hockey games if they fall behind the good teams. Calgary Flames are a good team. And tonight, the Calgary Flames, they had a little bobble and allowed the Oilers back in the game. But in the third period, that was Calgary's best period. They completely shut down the chances that the Edmonton Oilers were getting. They killed off the power play that Edmonton had. So uh, the Oilers were, to me, the, the biggest word they used was that I thought was the most correct was sloppy. Uh, uh, just bad line changes, misreads. They turned the puck over a number of times. And I think when you are the, the favorite, teams are better prepared and they play a much uh, more disciplined game knowing that 
uh, any mistake is going to be costly. And these, the Calgary and Vancouver both come in and had perfect starts against the Edmonton Oilers. So 4-3, Calgary takes it. 4-1 after the first. The Oilers in the second period, the power play got them back into the game. McDavid from Kane and Drysaddle. McDavid already up to four goals on the season. And then McLeod from Murray. And then, like you said, in the third, Rob, the Oilers with not much going on. Uh, a couple of okay chances. Defenseman had a couple of them. Bouchard had that one where he got to walk in and, you know, Kulak went down low, had that backhand in tight. And then a wild scramble at the yeah. end of the game. Drysaddle had the backhand, flipped it over the net. It, it looked like it wasn't well, it positioned actually, quite where he liked it. It, it hit, it went off Vladar, Vladar, he knocked it off the, the knob of his stick, so he did make a save on it. And then it was it just, <laughs> Hyman, it was, the puck just came in the absolute worst spot for him as he tried fighting and getting it on net as there were flames and oilers and the goalie was all laying on the ice wide open net he's not able to put it in uh, but unfortunately the oilers had to chase a game which meant they had to pull their goalie because they fell behind early in this hockey game there wasn't a lot of help for jack campbell and as i said to bob the only uh, highlight of this game if you're an oiler fan was the play of stuart skinner because the oilers had a chance to tie it up in that last shift because of what Stuart Skinner did when he came into this hockey game. Yeah, Skinner stops 31 out of 31 in just over uh, almost 50 minutes of work. And Campbell gave up four goals on 11 shots. I, I don't think Campbell let in bad goals, but I mean, if you're a goalie, you're expected to stop them. Having said that, there was virtually no uh, defensive support <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of the game either. But Skinner was good. I, I mean, that does uh, does bold well. You, I mean, I mean, Campbell's a, a vet who's had a couple of good years. I think he's going to bounce back. But Skinner was very good, and he came in knowing that if he allows a goal yep. at any point in the game, it's lights out. I mean, the team lost anyway. But if, if the fifth one goes in, that's pretty much would have been it. Whenever it would have happened. Yeah, I mean, goalies don't normally go in unless something bad has happened, right. <laughs> either an injury or you're falling behind. But when you're down by three that early in a hockey game the margin of error for the goalie coming in is very very slim he he has to come in and play perfect hockey and skinner did and i know that on the tv as i was finishing the show upstairs with bob they showed a whole highlight package of stuart skinner's saves it wasn't an easy night for stuart skinner there were some quality shots and the calgary flames in the third period had a, a power play that if they scored they extended the lead to 5-3 and it was a wonderful power play. They had a number of grade-A scoring chances, and Stuart Skinner was excellent. And that was what allowed the Oilers a chance to somehow sneak out a point, which they didn't. So kudos to Skinner. He was very good. And we would expect that we will see him against the Buffalo Sabres. I think that was probably his scheduled start. Now he's got a little bit of a warm-up before that one on Tuesday. Skinner going into the net is our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Flames beat the Oilers 4-3, so they are 2-0 out of the gate. And now the Flames go home for eight consecutive games. The Oilers still have four games remaining on this six-game homestand. Yeah, and again, uh, and we, and, you know, we talk about line combinations a lot, but then we also point out they they change a lot. But that's disappointing to me. Two games in a row, you got to change them in the first 
eight minutes of the game, uh, you know, because you're just getting so you're doing so, and they have to move the deep pairings around because you're just doing so little. Like you'd like to think, like, okay, oh, you know, it's halfway through the game. Let's just swap these two guys to see what happens. It's like, no, you got to just move them all around. It's wholesale. Doing anything. Yeah, wholesale changes early in the game, but when you fall behind by three goals in the first period of hockey games, hey, it's, it's you have to do something to wake your team up. Now, the one thing, the huge advantage that the Oilers have is they have the superstar line that they can throw together with Leon and Connor, and whether it's Hyman or or Kane or whoever you want to put on that line, it, it, they can create opportunities and they can change the momentum in a hockey game. But doing that, you also water down the rest of your lines. Now, when I say water down, Nugent Hopkins' line with a Hyman and a Yamamoto or a Pogliarvi is still good, but it's it's not Leon centering a second line. And you know, then you don't have a Nugent Hopkins centering a third line. So you're not as strong and not as deep four lines, but that's the way they've started these games and they haven't got it done. To me, it's simply, they've been too loose early in hockey games and teams have capitalized on it. And the Oilers have to get better five on five defensively if they want to start pushing forward and, and, and gaining points here on this homestand. Well, yeah, and again, you know, Backlund scores, what, a minute 13 in a game. Holloway's involved in the first goal against again. That one's a different one, kind of a bad break because he, he's trying he to block the shot. The, shot. The, the stick changes the trajectory of the shot, and Campbell, um, the puck was hardly moving, and he, then he, but he kicked the rebound right to Backlund, who was able to score. But that goes to what we talked about, I think, after the first period where it was too easy in front of the Oilers. Now. Right. Because if it's one thing... Bad things like that happen, and Holloway made the right play, got big, blocks the shot, but the Calgary Flames had players in front of the Oilers' net that had free wax. So it's not, Backlund should be tied up, and if, if there should be a battle for him to get the puck on it. Like at the very end of the game, when Hyman and, and Dreisel and everyone's trying to get pucks on net when they're trying to get that last goal, it was a battle. There was no one getting free wax. And I think that's what you're seeing here tonight. And as you go through the goals, we'll be able to talk about more of them. The Calgary Flames had free access to the front of the Edmonton Oilers' net, and that's how Black Backlund scored his goal. Well, the Mangiapane goal, and that's the one that made it 4-1, where really it's, okay, now you're thinking, okay, this could be a long night. For, uh, the same thing. I mean, I know Campbell gets pulled after that, but the Flames are just whacking away, whacking away. Was that and the he one? Finally, Campbell was stretched out, and Mangiapane was over to just the right offensive right of the net and was able to flick it in finally. Was that the one where it was a, a, a bad change and Kadri came in and it was a two-on-one and Bouchard was playing the two-on-one, but he backed all the way to the far side of the post and was completely out of the play and that allowed the two Calgary Flame players to whack away at it. There, there was a bad change and, and, and it cost them. And it cost them an odd man rush, but there again, if, if you watch the replay of it, you'll see Evan Bouchard watching from the far post as the two Calgary Flame players whack away at a puck. Again, just too easy in front of the net for the Edmonton North, or for, for the Calgary Flames tonight, having opportunities. You do not see that very often. You don't see Leon or Connor having as many shots as they want. The, the, you're fighting through checks. You're fighting through sticks. And the Calgary Flames did not have to do that on the goals they had tonight. Well, and that's, like, speaking very big picture, we're only two games into the season, but I, I, I think... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that would have been your biggest concern 
is are the Oilers bulky enough on the back end to win a lot of those battles? Or do they have, and, and playing physical and mean, that's also a mentality. Yep. I mean, some players just don't, no, it's not in their, their DNA. personality. Yep. So, and that's who you wanted the Oilers to acquire last year. That you wanted some meat on, yep. on the <laughs> on the back end. You got to be, be able to skate. But is that ultimately? I mean, we're talking big picture, but maybe something that might have to be addressed down the. Well, road. that's why uh, Nima Linen was so attractive to to fans and to media in the preseason because he brought a physical force on the back end that the Oilers don't have. Uh, they've got some players that can move the puck well. They skate well, but when there's a battle in front of the net. They don't have that that nastiness, that meanness. There, there's they don't have guys that scare you in front of you. The others have it up front. There's they have intimidation in a Kane uh, in, in, that will go in, in, or a Hyman, or a Malone, or those players that when they hit, they hit and it hurts. The others don't have that on the back end, and you can see it tonight in front of the net in the blue paint. Okay, Oilers fall 4-3 to the Calgary Flames. You're going to get post-game reaction as we move along tonight. 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. My goodness, it's Saturday night. He's probably a little down, but, well, maybe he isn't. Maybe he'll lift everybody's spirits. We have JP on the open line. JP, thanks for calling. Go ahead. No problem. Thank you for taking me call. Long time, no chance. You guy, how are you? Pretty good. Well, let's get down the brass back right off the, right off the draw. Laurent Brescois, Delorier, Galant, Victor not so fast, Franz Niederson, Ty Conklin, OJ Mark uh, These are the last. These are the players that uh, were the backup for us. Tonight shows we finally have a backup for the Oilers. I am so impressed tonight with the way this guy come in after. Well, let's be honest, soup, soup. Tonight. I've had a few drinks, you guys. I just want to dedicate this to Shea Gun. I love this show, you guys. Party. All right, thanks, JP. We appreciate it. Well, it's, I mean, Skinner was, was great, and I think some optimism both the Oilers goaltending as a whole I yeah. think for for both guys and, and, I, and I, I mean we're, I, we don't want to go too far down this path because we talked about the last the last couple of years for uh, Koskinen his poor games were really poor I mean to be fair he had some really good nights but his poor games were quite poor and with Mike Smith the questions we always got was even if he was playing well well this might be his last year but <laughs> when's he going to get hurt again I mean both these Campbell's 30 you know Skinner's young so th this could be the tandem for a while. Well, that's the hope. Uh, they got Campbell for five years, and Skinner's the kid that they've been building with for, for the last few and allowing him to ripen down in the minors, and here's his opportunity, and uh, he grasped it tonight. Uh, he was really good, and there was a, a play in a, one of the power plays where Huberto went across to, to Lindholm, and Lindholm had all the time in the world, and... He was picking his spot. Skinner is a big man and just held his ground and it went off Skinner's shoulder and over. And Lindholm was like dumbfounded. He's like, I, that was the perfect shot and it didn't find its way in. So Skinner was excellent in this game. And uh, it's, even players that get to the National Hockey League love little confident boosts. And Skinner will certainly get a boost off the way he played tonight. And I'm sure he'll carry it over into the game on Tuesday. All right, so the Oilers fall 4-3 to the Flames. We have post-game reaction from Jay Woodcroft and a couple of players. 
coming up. We'll get to some of your reaction as well. 780-496-0063. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Rebounds the door off. Blasted against the boards. Finishing his check was Hyman. Zach Hyman delivering the crunch of the game for Cougar paint and collision. Our family helping your family. Hyman and the Oilers losing tonight 4-3 to Calgary. 4-1 the Flames led at 10 minutes and 18 seconds into the game. The Oilers got two back in the second period, but then could not pull even in the third as the Flames uh, did quite a good job in the third period limiting the Oilers chances as they go to 2 and 0 the Oilers are 1 and 1. Okay, a little bit of post game reaction here. Head coach Jay Woodcroft. What do you see in early on in games here that uh, has you guys chasing? Well, uh, certainly I see what everyone sees which is uh, that we're putting ourselves uh, behind in games and um, you know obviously that's not that's not our plan heading into a game and, um, you know the response in the second and third was better but uh, when you put yourself down the way we did you know it's uh, too too big of a hill to climb after being down to that team four to one do you you know what do you see in mental physical mistakes What's well I mean it, you, you look at some of the goals that went in um, I, I thought we were you know, around our net, not near as assertive or hard uh, the way we uh, the way we normally can play. Um, so they uh, they did a good job of getting to our net, and we can do a better job of preventing them from getting there. I thought on the second one we we lost a face off. They came down. It was a seeing eye puck that went went in on a hard shot. Um, you know, the third one we fall down, uh, and then the fourth one it was a little bit of a sloppy change. But again, I thought we could be harder around our blue paint um, so for me there's a lot of stuff to work on here we should have a captive audience um, when we get back to practicing uh, because we haven't started uh, the way we wanted to in the last two games that's for sure yeah I know defense is a team skill but yeah. do you find that you're Defenders, I'm talking about the six blue liners, we're, we're maybe a little bit overwhelmed tonight by Calgary's attack. No, I wouldn't use that word. That's your word. Uh, I would say that uh, we can play better. And um, certainly there's uh, some specific areas that we can improve in. Um, but, you know, that's on us. That's not on anybody else. That's on us. We can play a lot better than we showed, specifically in the first period. Yeah, I thought he was a real bright spot for us tonight, and uh, he's got to feel good about himself and giving his team a chance to win. I thought he made uh, some big saves, especially on the penalty kill. Um, you know, he's, he should feel real good about his game right now heading into uh, practice uh, when we get back to practice. When it comes to Jack, there's a couple of rebounds, a screenshot, a breakaway. Like, how much zone is on him, and then how much you put it on Yeah, I, I, like, if you look at those goals, like I said, the, the first one, our net play was uh, something to be desired. The fourth one, I'd say it's something to be desired on our net play. Uh, the other one's a seeing eye puck off face off and then a breakaway. So you can't put that on the goaltender. That's on our team. Uh, we are a team, and it starts with the coaching staff and then goes to the players. We're all in it together. Even strength through two games here, 
How far away are you from what you think the formula is supposed to look like with your group? Yeah, we're not uh, we're not near where we're capable of. Uh, I think that's you know I'm not going to put a percentage on it or anything like that, but certainly there's areas that we got to get better at, and we got to be get better at it quickly. Uh, and I think the teams that are finding some early success in in this young year uh, they're the ones that are a little bit cleaner and uh, a little bit more assertive in their own end um, the games that I'm watching uh, there's lots of sloppy play but the ones that are having some success are the are the ones that um, are limiting their chances and forcing more on the other team all right, that's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers after a 4-3 loss to the Flames, echoing what Rob Brown said earlier, just not assertive enough in front of their own net. And I also thought it was interesting. They'll have an, uh, he says, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have an attentive <laughs> audience at practice on Monday, which is what you want. You want the players to take that ownership and say, okay, well, we got we to... We can't just wait for the coach to yell at us and to focus. We got to know we got to come in focus. Yes, and they know the expectations were through the roof this year for this team. And it's not just the media and the fans. This this is a confident group. They they feel that they're going to take steps forward and be further along than they were last year. But they they know that it has been two very poor starts for them on home ice to start the season. Uh, they're a proud group. They'll come in to practice two days from now because they have a day off tomorrow and they'll come in and what the coaches are telling them, they're gonna say all right let's listen up let's watch video let's see how we can improve because right now over the first two games they've been living and dying on whether they got power plays their five and five has not been good enough their power play was excellent against Vancouver and got them two points their power play tonight gave them an opportunity getting them back into the hockey game but teams are gonna realize that and play uh, very, very simple, safe hockey and keep the Oilers off the power play. So the Oilers have to be better five on five. Both teams one for four on the power play tonight. Oilers had uh, an edge in the faceoff circle, 55%. Didn't seem that way, especially in the first period. Now, well, maybe it was just because all the scrambled draws, Calgary was winning the puck anyway, or Edmonton would win a draw and Calgary would take it away in the corner because <laughs> well, the Oilers weren't winning any puck battles. But you also look at important face-offs. It's, I mean, all face-offs are important, but ones in the defensive zone or ones when you're shorthanded are a little more important than a, a face-off in the neutral zone. So you, you look at those kind of ones, and the Oilers got better as the night went on, and then they had to start throwing Leon out to take face-off shorthanded uh, to try and give them a, a chance to get the puck out early in the penalty kills. So uh, Calgary was very good to start this hockey game and very good to finish this hockey game. The Oilers had a little bit of edge in the middle period, but that wasn't enough to beat a good team. So 4-3, Calgary wins it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village okay 7804960063 we have Dean standing by hi Dean thanks for calling go ahead hey guys I really like the show always do and I want to ask Rob a question no Rob it's kind of weird for the last several years which is weird every game we start out wondering about the first second third fourth shot or whatever and so I haven't heard the question, like, what about the opposing team? What is it like for somebody coming into the building knowing that they have math on their side if they give it for the first few minutes? That's a good question. Well, every stat available to mankind is available to the teams, and they know that, and they'll say, hey, 
Our, uh, this is a team we got to take advantage of the Oilers early. Uh, they they sleepwalk sometimes in the first five, ten minutes of a hockey game. Let's jump on them. So they'll certainly be talking about that in their dressing room. And as we've talked about with Reed, uh, the Oilers have got a good hockey club that teams know you don't want to fall behind because if you fall behind them, they they're gonna you start trading chances and you have to cheat and that's when they extend leads so teams know to play Edmonton you got to get a lead on them to get a lead on them you got to take advantage of the first five to seven minutes put pucks on net because the Oilers are normally a slow starting team it's not something that's just this season this is something that we we've talked about for the last number of years so uh, teams know that and that's one of the big reasons you're seeing these teams come in here Early in this season, they're saying take advantage of the other slow starts. Let's get the lead and make them catch us. Yeah, I, I love how you put that, and that's a really good question. And and you said it, Rob. Teams know the other team's weaknesses. Yep. I mean, even good teams, you know, the Colorado last year, whoever. Like, there's always this weakness, and and opponents they always tell themselves the things that are going to make themselves feel positive, right? They're not going to say. Oh, well, this goalie has a 970 save percentage in the last three games. They're going to find video of the two goals he gave yep. up and think like, oh, that one went to the... Bl I mean, to tie this to the to the other game we had at Edmonton today, the Elks lost again, 28-23 to the Argos. They're up 16-6 at the half, and I was telling you when we were walking upstairs after our face-off show, the Elks have lost every home game this year. They had the lead in the fourth quarter four times. So the Argos are sitting there saying... They can't. They can't hold on. Yep. We're down ten. We haven't played well. We, they, whereas you know, if it's an, the other way around, but so and I, I think that's a good point. Teams are probably saying, well, if put get the Oilers behind, get put well, them in, our our best chance to jump on them is not like, well, let's try to win it in the third period. Let's try to get them down and make them chase us. An another great example is the Canucks came in the other day. They had a, a three nothing lead. And the Oilers came back and beat them. The Canucks today played in Philadelphia. Got a two nothing lead guarantee you between periods the Flyers are saying hey this team they had a lead like this the other day in Edmonton they can't hold a lead and that gives you a boost of confidence in the dresser and they the Flyers came back and scored three goals and uh, beat the Canucks so uh, teams the, every tendency you have or every weakness you have the other team is going to try to exploit and they will try to and they'll talk about it between periods so yes every team that comes to Edmonton knows Edmonton starts slow try to take advantage of it and so far this season teams are two for two doing that okay so uh, Elks lose 28-23 also in the CFL BC beats Winnipeg 40-32 the scoreboard for Edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals renew and use semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com they got baseball on here in studio 99 top of the eighth Padres leading the Dodgers 5-3 is it pouring right it's, it's like it's absolutely pouring they, it looks they, like it last half inning so about 10 minutes ago it was a it seemed like it was a beautiful sunny day there and all of a sudden there's like a squall has just come through and like <laughs> it is coming down it's torrential downpour on the game they're still playing but the San Diego Padres they don't mind the rain right now as they have taken a 5-3 lead with five runs in the seventh Cleveland got three in the bottom of the ninth to upend the Yankees 6-5 Guardians lead the series 2-1 Houston sweeps Seattle three straight one nothing in 18 innings this afternoon and into the evening <laughs> the, the Houston Astros won they used eight yeah. pitchers the Mariners lost they used ten pitchers in the game today yeah some that's they played a double header it was just all yeah. one game uh, and the Phillies finish off the Braves with an 8-3 victory U of A football played at Commonwealth this afternoon they lost 24-11 a lot of good day for some Edmonton teams Golden Bears hockey did win 7-1 over Trinity Western the Oilers farm team Bakersfield lost 3-2 in overtime to Abbotsford and looking around the NHL a lot of games today 
Uh, this, game, this game must be over by now. I got to refresh here. Golden Knights in Seattle. It was 5-2 last I looked for the Golden Knights. Okay, yeah, this is uh, this hasn't updated. So that'd be 5-2 in the third. Uh, Blackhawks over the Sharks, 5-2. Stars beat the Predators, 5-1. Kings outscore the Wild, 7-6. St. Louis beats the Blue Jackets, 5-2. Islanders pound the Ducks, 7-1. Penguins over the Lightning, 6-2. Maple Leafs win 3-2 against Ottawa. Capitals over the Habs, 3-1. Red Wings get a 5-2 decision against the Devils. Bruins beat the Coyotes, 6-3. As Rob mentioned, Flyers over the Canucks, 3-2. Panthers beat the Sabres, 4-3. That is a very busy Edmonton Trailer scoreboard and here at Rogers Place Oilers lose 4-3 to the Flames 780-496-0063 we have Harry standing by hey Harry go ahead hey Rob um, there's a couple of observations um, I think you guys are spot on about Nima Linen. I think even last year when we were playing Colorado and they kind of classified some of those guys as their black aces I think that's a guy that we should have played before and I don't know what's going on with Day Hernay but that whole thing about having size I think that's a really big issue when you take a look at Calgary's team. But the other thing is, we and maybe it's just these two games, but I honestly don't think that we have a very good, solid defensive structure. When you see the Oilers playing in the end, it's almost like a game of hot potato. Like I don't want the puck, and you know, there's a pass behind the net, and there's nobody there, and then they got to go back there and grab the puck. Um, the last thing I was going to say is that. I think Edmonton's biggest impediment, you know, aside from some of the things we talked about, is they lack a certain requisite degree of dirtiness to their game. Take a look at the series, um, the two series last year, L.A. and Colorado, arguably teams that have a better ability to really go on the fine edge. They know how far to go. They know kind of when to do it. Even in this game, if you're at the game, you're just watching the amount of clutching and grabbing and various things and our team doesn't respond that way. We just don't play that way. It's kind of like we're, you know, playing a finesse game as if we're playing Pittsburgh or, or Montreal, you know, back in the day. Yeah. I don't know how you teach that. I mean, Rob, maybe you can voice in on that. Like, is that something that a coach would actually address with the defense or the team? Because Sutter, Sutter's got it down to a fine art when you watch him. Like, they know exactly how, how far to go. Maybe they'll get penalized sometimes, but their D's deep enough. Their yeah. goals generally seem to be good enough, but... I just don't think we have that innate ability to be nasty. Yeah, those interesting points. DeHarnay is still dealing with an injury he suffered in, in, in camp, so he's not uh, available. We, I mean, we sort of talked about that, right? And to some extent, you're, you're either mean or you're not. Um, but, but I think that's... that's Now, I will say in the playoffs last year, I thought Dreisaitl and McDavid showed they could be a little... Kane, Cheeky if they need Kane's like that all the time anyway. Yamamoto. Um, I mean, the Oilers up front, again, up front, they, they have no problem with physicality and a little bit of nastiness. And I know that Bob talks about a lot of times, a lot of fans, how hard it is, like what McDavid and Drysdale have to go through. I can tell you this right now, they, they give more than they get. They are a physical force out there, and teams, when they play against them, they're usually in a little bit worse shape after the game from going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Connor and Leon. The Oilers' back end isn't physical. Uh, they're they're not, and and you don't teach players to be physical. They just that's not. You, you draft players. Okay, this guy he's a really good skater. This guy moves the puck well. This guy sees the puck well. This guy's a physical force. You're not going to teach Nima Linen to play on the power play, just like you're not going to teach Bouchard to cross check a guy nine times in front of the net so that the ref doesn't see it. So 
there's things that they can do to be better. There's, you can be harder on the players in front of the net. We talked about the Jay Woodcroft did too. But having said that, the Oilers' skilled team that we're talking about, not a lot of changes from this year, this year to last year. They beat the physical Calgary team that was playing the Sutter style of hockey in the playoffs. They beat them in five. So uh, it's about execution right now. Well, and I think when he said about the defensive structure, I, I just think they weren't. Well, to me, it's execution. They're not breaking out. They're not no. passing well. And he's right. Like, there were passes to nobody. Probably, probably more on Wednesday than tonight. You're right. But this, still the, tonight. There, there, there's nothing wrong with the way this team has been coached. This is the same coaching staff that put structure in last year that took them to the Final Four. This, right now, it, it, it's not the structure that's the problem through these first two games. It's been execution. It's been sloppiness. It's been forcing things that don't need to be forced. It's misreads. I mean, tonight we had... Kulak fall down and give up a breakaway. We had a, a bad line change that turned into a two-on-one. I mean, these are just, uh, those have nothing to do with structure. Those are mistakes and, and mental mistakes. So the Oilers just got to be smarter in their own zone. They, But when it comes to the physicality, you're, you're not, a Bouchard or, or a Kulak aren't going to become Chris Pronger or Darian Hatcher but they still can be harder get sticks on puck get sticks on stick yeah, be physical if a guy's looking for the puck knock him over and those are the things that woodcroft's going to talk when watching video but i will say this to back to the to the caller's point and i think he made some good ones mm -hmm, absolutely Lucic, rooney and richie very they good they were very, the third period specifically i would say yep. first two for me anyway didn't notice them as much they had two or three shifts though in the third period just bang, kill time, and there that line plays on the edge. They know what to do. They know where the puck's supposed to be. They also scored in this game, that line. <laughs> so this is a line that got a goal in the first period. So they were noticeable. But I, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because the one thing I noticed, that's their fourth line. That's Calgary oh, Flames. For sure. And in a big drop normally for them on their fourth line, they played a number of shifts in the, in the third yeah, period. Yeah, the Oilers didn't. I mean, Holloway no, rotated in. They but the, difference the Oilers is were down to 10 they, forwards. The yeah. difference was the Oilers were chasing a game. The Calgary Flames were protecting a lead. But they had faith in that fourth line, and that fourth line was very good. I don't know a whole lot about Rooney. We never got to see him a whole lot. He, he came from another. Did he come from the Rangers? I'm not even sure where he came from. But he was very smart with the puck, getting pucks in deep. Lucic getting pucks in deep. Richie being physical down low. I thought the fourth line was very good, and it very simplified game. You get the puck on the, the boards in your own zone, you flip it to center. Get the pucks at center, you dump it in. And it forces the Oilers to go all the way back down and try to break out and come through five Calgary Flames in the neutral zone. Yes, the Calgary Flames are a very good team when they have the lead because they've got good structure, but they also have the players that know how to play that style. Yeah, Rudy, 12 points in 61 games for the Rangers last season. He is uh, 29. Flames beat the Oilers 4-3. Let's go down to the Oilers' room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, maybe just last push there. You, you, you thought you'd score, or you, your team would score and, and push this into overtime? Uh, yeah, we had a couple whacks there. Um, at the end, obviously, you're hoping one of those uh, squeaks through, but, um, you know, yeah, obviously it wasn't, wasn't meant to be. Another night where you guys were chasing it after you know, a small amount of time. What's happening early in these games, I think, Leon? Uh, yeah, just in individual and system uh, mistakes, just little little mistakes that are you know easy to clean up. Uh, but obviously we, we can't can't spot a team three goals um, in, in back to back nights. So uh, it's something that we have to address, obviously. 
I know Jack, you know, he got pulled, but it didn't like, look like he got a lot of help in front of him on those first four goals. How did you kind of... No, see? that's on us. That's, that, that has nothing to do with him. Um, he, he was amazing the other night. Uh, this is 100% on us. That has nothing to do with him. You guys talked all training camp. So sometimes teams take a while to tiptoe in the season, but you guys talked a lot this camp about how you're not doing that, how you're got to make the playoffs and you got to play well in the regular season. But there's just been slow starts. Is it mental? Is it physical? What do you, you know? How do you get uh, I don't know. Um, probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, sometimes you start a season a little rusty. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's that's behind us. The next game, uh, we, we know we have to start better. Yeah, well, that's for sure <laughs> the understatement of the night from Leon Dreisaitl, who also said, you know, nothing on Jack Campbell. They didn't support him a lot as Campbell was uh, pulled after allowing four goals on 11 shots, and the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Calgary Flames. Of note, Rob, it was uh, a game in which Connor McDavid had a goal, and Jonathan Huberto did not have... A point, and quite frankly, he might have been probably not his strongest game. He was involved in a couple of opportunities. A couple of nice plays I, on I the thought, power play. But I yeah, thought Kadri, you know, had a good game. Toffoli was uh, involved in some stuff. Um, Lindholm's usually good against Edmonton. So I set the line at four and a half. You, you set it high. Combined points by McDavid and Huberto for River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. It is under, so uh, we're going to be giving out a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card to somebody who texted in under. Okay, Oilers fall 4-3. We'll get to a couple more of your calls, a little more from the Oilers dressing room. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Who's out there with CC, Nurse, and Hyman on the PK? Here's a centering pass to Foley, and what a save made by Skinner. Point blank on Lindholm. All right, Stuart Skinner, very good in release of Jack Campbell. That is his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. You made a good point earlier, Rob. Skinner's a big guy, and there were clearly some pucks that hit him tonight just because of how much space he was taking up in the net. Yeah, well, that's why You want the super goalie big, in yeah. there. Yeah, back when I played, the goalies were a little smaller. There seemed to be space. Even if a guy was really fast, it's hard to stop what you can't get to. Uh, Skinner uh, positionally was very sound tonight, and I think that's he uses his to his size to his advantage because he just puts himself in a position where it has to be an absolute perfect shot to be able to beat him. And uh, he was good. Uh, it's, he was a feel-good story when he played for the Oilers last year. He's earned his right to be the backup. And now with a play, the play that he had today, uh, the, the showing that he gave, he... He's looking for more ice time. He's looking for more games. And I think the coaching staff, after what they saw tonight, will be very excited to give him the games to allow him to continue to grow as a goaltender because Skinner was the best player for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. It wasn't even close. Dan Vladar started for Calgary. He gets the win. He stopped 26 out of 29. Shots were 42-29 for Calgary. They outshot Edmonton in every period, 16-11, 11-10, and 15-8. And, and like you said, are a pretty good third period. I mean, I believe the Oilers had three shots until... The, the last, last five or six minutes of, the, of that period. So they and, and they had a, that was included the power play that they couldn't really get much going. So. Uh, Vladar was good. Uh, the one thing that could get him into trouble is he doesn't play the puck well, and he looks a little tentative and awkward at times when he goes out and, and gets it. 
Now, I, the Oilers don't have Mike Smith anymore, but the Skinner and Campbell look a little more uh, confident when they move the pucks. Vladar didn't, but the one thing you want your goalie to do is stop pucks, and Vladar did that tonight. He wasn't as busy, but he made one more stop than the Oilers goalies did and gave this team a chance. And this is, was interesting when Sutter put their backup goaltender in to play the Oilers second game of the season they paid dividends yeah well Markstrom was uh, had an 852 save percentage in the playoffs against Edmonton last year so maybe had something to do with it Calgary wins 4-3 we have Colin at 780-496-0063 hey Colin go ahead yeah just a few fundamentals there at the beginning of the game uh, uh, I don't know if it's all preparation but you got to win some of those draws in the first period and, and every period um, and, and I'd like to go back to the power play. Um, how come uh, Calgary's power play was so much better than ours? Well, I mean, they're both one for four. I don't know if... Did you, do you think yeah, one was oh, way better he, than the other? He, oh, yeah. We, uh, they were commenting on the telecast tonight that ca uh, Calgary's uh, power play was way more aggressive. And when you watch our power play, it seems like we're... Our defensemen's heads are on a swivel, and Calgary is more aggressive, and they attack. And, and we didn't have much possession on our power play at all, and I thought their power play looked like our power play last year. Well, I, 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 yeah, don't I, don't, I thought Calgary killed well. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't, personally, I didn't think the discrepancy was that large. I mean, if that's what both, other commentators thought, okay. but They're both one for four, so they yeah. had the exact same I thought, outcome. I, I thought the third, the, 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 I don't remember every second of it, but the, the power play that had in the third period, they did not nope. set up well, and, and Calgary did a good job. Well, uh, there's the one thing that we're never going to have to question for the Oilers is their power play. Their power play is going to be in the top three at the end of the season. I mean, they're that good. Uh, Calgary has a good power play. Uh, Huberto is a, an excellent hockey player. Had, he was second in the National Hockey League in points last year. Uh, they, they, I think they were, I thought I saw a stat, they're sixth in the National Hockey League coming into the game tonight on the power play. Calgary's got a good power play, but there's, there's, of all the things that we need to question about what went wrong with the Oilers game today, I don't think the Oilers power play is one of them. I think it starts with defensive zone coverage and five on five play in their own zone. The start, not physical enough in front of their own net. There's a lot of things that Jay Woodcross can be able to talk about on Monday at practice, but I don't think uh, the power play is at all a worry for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Flames had eight shots on the power play. Oilers had six. Uh, I, I just thought, I, I would say this to Colin, I, I think that what happened on the special teams was also indicative of what happened on five on five. The Flames were just more detailed and got to more pucks and kept more plays alive for themselves. So yes, I, they probably had looked a little more dangerous on the power play. I didn't think it was like a huge discrepancy that, that swung the game. And then conversely, when the Oilers had the, the power play, Calgary was, you know, checking better, clearing pucks better, and, I mean, and it stuff was, like that. And it was one for four, one for four, but they weren't all long. There was a couple overlapping power plays, so there weren't two-minute power plays here and there. Uh, yeah, no, to me, I saw the Oilers power play. They, yeah, I have no issue with the Oilers power play. All right, 4-3 Calgary takes it. Uh, here's Oilers starting goaltender. Got pulled tonight, Jack Campbell. I just kind of want to take us through the, the beginning. Your teammates are kind of going, hey, that was us, not him. And I know you can be critical of yourself, but what you just kind of felt how things went to start the game. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league, giving up four in a game, let alone period. So um, the result 
you know, focus on the result. You know, it wasn't uh, what I expected of myself, but, um, you know, the boys fought hard. Skins came in, played excellent for us, um, gave us a chance to win, and, you know, there's just a few details I can clean up, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, the goals with two of them were rebounds. The first one looked like it hit a stick and kind of died on it. Is that, is that how, how you saw it? Yeah, I still got to look at the video tonight, but, um, you know, unfortunate bounce uh, kind of hits my toe cap, goes to him, and buries it, and it is what it is. I'll uh, keep working and make sure I lower those goals. What is your process after a game goes like this for you? What's your next sort of couple of days like? And just looking for some answers and trying to, to sort things out a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too overly concerned, obviously, when it's a breakaway. That's the one goal I really uh, really want back. When it's me and the shooter, I expect myself to save that one every time. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go over the video with Schwartzy and get back to work. That was my next question is this the one the, the cadre breakaway it wasn't a breakaway until the last minute and it turned into a Kulak fell uh, do you feel that's the big save that a goalie wants to give his team right to make up for a mistake in front of him yeah I mean if you can get out of the period you know obviously you don't want to give up two quick ones but you know once again, I gave up two quick ones like the first game, and if you can make that save on the breakaway, it gives the team a lot of life, and who knows from there. So just what I expect out of myself. Jack, sure. you, you said you watched a lot of the Battle of Alberta, you know, the uh, the playoff series last year. Do you see a lot of similarities in this game compared to maybe how some of the, the starts of games happened last year, just everything seeming, seemingly happening at once for both sides? Yeah, I mean, two good teams. Uh, you know, they had the good start tonight, but we, uh, we fought back and had a really good second half of the game and Stu played it tremendous so um, you know I'm excited to get back in there against them. Oh, All right that's door. Jack Campbell after the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Calgary Flames tonight. He got pulled Skinner at the uh, rest of the way. All right uh, tell you what we're going to take a they show the big well you can't see the same screens I can see right so they showed the Houston home run in the top of the 18th. I mean I wonder what it felt like and you played in a long hockey game if it was almost like stunning that somebody actually scored scoreless for that long and you played in the game that went what five overtimes mm -hmm. it is it, like it was almost it's you, a shock you, you know a goal is going to end the game you've seen thousands of goals in your career as a player but it did still feel like oh it actually happened well yeah because you get to a point where you think it never gonna it's not right. gonna end i mean we're gonna be here till tomorrow afternoon um <laughs> you get, and you get giddy and I, i've talked about that before with you on the show that You'd be at a face-off, and you look at the guy on the off team, and it was against the Flyers, and we hated each other. But you look at the guy that's lined up against you, and you both start giggling because, oh, my God, can you believe we're part of this? Uh, it, it's just a weird, weird feeling. And when it ends, it's one of disappointment. But that relief, it's like, this is like, that's when the tired hit you. And, and the team that loses, I've always found, really struggles after that in the series because physically, it, it just takes so much out of a player. Now, for me, I didn't play as much as, say, a Yager, those guys. They played, like, 50, 60 minutes. So, and then the loss, all of a sudden, the weight of that fatigue hits you. The team that wins, they don't feel as fatigued. The team that loses, and... There's nothing positive there's nothing to take left. out of it. You're and, exhausted, and you feel terrible. And that terrible. was the end of the series yeah. for us. After we, we lost the next, I believe, two games after that, 
our players had nothing left, whereas they had a bounce in their step because they just won this incredible hockey game. Uh, Padres just finished off the Dodgers, so they advanced to the NLCS. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. Oilers fall 4-3 to the Flames, and you'll hear from Cody Cece when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Flipped up the right-hand side, a lunging play. Made by Kulak to Drysaddle. His shot right circle blocked. Rebound thrown in front. Kane to CeCe. Rich shot score. This game is tied. Cody CeCe, the equalizer at 318. Vladar beaten left side. One all. Well, that was about the only highlight in the first period for the Oilers. They fell behind 4-1. They wind up losing 4-3 to the Flames. Cody Cece scoring that goal. He is our fourth star of the game for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Cece. What do you see in early on in games here where you guys are end up chasing it a little bit? Yeah, I think it was another tough start for us. Uh, it's tough to come back every single night, so... Um, that's something we definitely got to address. Uh, it seems like once we get going, we're a good team, but uh, I can't play from behind every single night. Is it uh, like execution? Is it mental? Like not quite being ready? Like is there a common denominator for you? I don't know. I mean, coming into the game, that was a focus of ours, and kind of failed at it. So I think we need to figure it out for for next game, whatever that may be. But. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a number of things. It's always different every single game, so it's tough to point out one thing, but we definitely got to come out, come out stronger, especially at home. Do you feel like maybe it's the first 20 minutes or so, and then after that you kind of more settle in? What, what's sort of the feeling from, the, from you guys playing in? Yeah, I think it's tough to put a time on it, but uh, we're definitely coming out a little flat, kind of seeing, uh, seeing what other teams got, and instead of uh, just showing them what we have, we have uh, so much skill and so much offense. If we uh, pour it on teams early, I think it'll, uh, it'll put them on their heels a little bit. I think that's what we've got to do. Your goal was Yamo looking for you, or was he looking for Kane in front? It doesn't I don't matter. Know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of popped out to me, and I was, uh, yeah, I was in the slot, so... Just shot it right away. Cody, did you six as a defenseman I'm talking about kind of feel a little bit overwhelmed early on by their attack, Calgary? Uh, they were definitely coming fast. I mean, uh, they're a little different looking team than, than last year. I mean, they moved some pieces, but they picked up uh, some great players. So, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, they're a quick team. They transition well. They've good defensemen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've uh, they've come at us early on strong in the past, and they did it again tonight. Were there some similarities from that? early on especially in that playoff series where they come out again you feel that? yeah i think so i mean it's just the the style they play they're a quick transition team uh they uh transitioned well uh, tonight early on and they, they caught us on a couple you scored a couple of rebound goals one through a screen uh one on a breakaway i guess you can't really kind of fault jack or how do you kind of see that First no, I mean none of them are none of them are his fault at all. I think uh, it was more of a, a thing to wait to wake us up to get uh, Skinner in there, and he played great for us. But uh, yeah, we kind of left uh, Soup out to dry, and feel bad for him. He's such a such a great guy, and he's playing well for us. 
Well, Cody Ceci kind of summed it up there that they had addressed starting better after the Vancouver game, and he said, we failed at it. Yeah. They, they knew what they had to do, and they well, failed. Well, it, it's not, though, they didn't notice how it started yeah, in Vancouver. Exactly. It's not like the coaches, you know, we'll just let this slide. It, it's <laughs> talked about. It, but it, the, the thing is, and you've talked about it many times, that you can say you're going to do one thing, but you also have to play against the other team, mm -hmm. and they're going to be trying other things to stop you from what you make makes you successful. Uh, there is more urgency in the Calgary Flames game early as there was with Vancouver. There's more desperation. And that's just uh, when you are playing against a really good team, you try to, you bring your best. And I, I don't, the Oilers are not going to get anybody's, you know, B effort or C effort in a hockey game this year. They're going to get their, their A effort game in, game out because the Edmonton Oilers are a favored team. So coming into Edmonton, teams like, all right, we got to get a jump on Edmonton. We do not want to chase them. And so far through you know, just two games, teams have jumped out in the lead and forced the Oilers to play catch-up. All right, so our next game broadcast on 6.30, Chet, is going to be Tuesday. Oilers against Buffalo. Face-off show will be at 5.30, and the puck will drop at 7. Rob, have a good Sunday, my man. I'm looking forward to it. Get more on the Oilers and on the Elks on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer at 630Ched. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers fall 4-3 to Calgary. Have a great night.